I have feelings about that. Do you? Well, mainly because it's not going to be a uh, strategy. It's not going to be a tactical RPG like the other games. All the other games were. It's going to be like apparently a mech action game, which I'm like, why? Why not just just make it a you know, mech action game? You say. <laughs> um, now we're speaking Charlie's language, which I think is going <laughs> to be cool. But it's just like, I am a super. I mean, I love tactical RPGs. I play probably a tactical RPG once a week. I mean, that's I mean, I mentioned it multiple times already. But I mean, I, lo- I love the mental image of like you at like Tactical RPGs Anonymous, where it's like, guys, guys, I, I was up to at least one tactical RPG a week, and now I'm clean, <laughs> getting by on sports <laughs> games and <laughs> games with light RPG elements. It's fine. It's great, even. Have you all played that new FIFA? It's it's like a tactical RPG. Man, that's that, that management mode with all those numbers and spreadsheets and probability. <laughs> ah, it, it, it's great. Anyone played tactics recently? I, I know we're not supposed to, but like, man, I was doing a free line of tactics the other weekend, and yeah, I have a lot. I mean, I look at my like, look at my Steam account, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I have a, a by by percentages. I have a lot of tactical RPGs on my account, like way more than any other type of game. Probably, I have a lot of tactical RPGs on my account. I'm like, yeah, that's that super checks out for me. Yeah, it's like, yep. <laughs> the only one I don't have that I'm still considering picking up is Into the Breach, which you're probably familiar with. Into the Breach is cool. I. I think it's coming or came to the iPad finally, and I've been meaning to check it out on that. I heard it was the ways to play it previously were fantastic, but maybe not optimal. Like it's the it's a game you'd want to play on like a plane or something. But yeah, it's it's a. I mean, the cool thing about it, I mean, I think for any tactical RPG works incredibly well for for iPads and you know, or in just tablets in general. I just think that it just. Just the way it works, just being able to drag things around on the screen itself, yeah, makes a heck of a lot of sense. I mean, well, that's the yeah. FPL folks too who did a fantastic job on their yes. or iPad port. Yeah, yeah, F- yeah, and I still play FPL every so often. I, you know, they're again like oh, the you other seem genre like of the game? type who would like the other the other genre of of video games that I'd like. Yeah, definitely roguelikes. <laughs> So, but yeah, it's a tactical game and a roguelite. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's why I'm like, uh, people are usually surprised that I haven't bought into the breach yet. So, yeah, I, I I'm almost I'm kind of afraid of it because it is like hitting two of my big buttons for gaming. But yeah, it's like if someone combined I don't know like alcohol like beer and weed into one thing, and you're like. Both of my vices in one location. What could possibly yeah. go wrong eight days later? Guys, I, I think I have a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm kind of afraid of Into the Breach, to be honest, but yeah. <laughs> oh. Category Henry, unknown <laughs> You may have bested me, Henry, but Into the Breach! Did- <laughs> Did you print out the source code? Yeah, for the if you game yeah, if somebody like gives me, that, yes. 
if somebody gifts that to me, it's you're just not gonna. If you want to get rid of me for a good couple of months or so, Alex is there, just sitting there taking notes. Like, okay, um, when Henry makes a pl- when Henry makes a play for second in command of this goddamn podcast, I know what to do. Hey, hey Henry, I got you this copy of Into the Breach as a friend yep. in his brain, sucker. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll just have to go to the Shadow Realm and find some friends. Yeah, they can come and take him with there. You don't need to, to just give him into the room. breach. Like he'll just waste away in a chair. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> I'll you will literally just be like the skeleton with cobwebs sitting in front of a chair meme. Yeah. Mm. i like, where's Henry this week? And Alex will be all, I don't know. I definitely didn't give him into the breach. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awful evil, Alex, evil laugh out of you, Alex. Is everything okay? <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> Did you become the evil one, Alex? No. That'll work. I like this. Evil Alex. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. Evil Alex is probably just like knowing uh, Alex to everyone else. No, no, it's an Alex that like doesn't make puns and makes like scathing, sarcastic, judgmental comments. No, because so, I'm generally so, I'm generally the nicer person on the podcast. So yes, that's what I'm evil, getting. At. So evil Alex is just Charlie. No, uh, we, we've made that joke. Yeah. Maybe. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode one sixty five. Uh, it's just me and the boys here, having a little bit of fun, talk about the video game stuff and whatnot. Uh, I am, of course, Alex, a.k.a. Mave Online, and I am joined here today by Charlie, a.k.a. Uh, Mordak Undivided, no longer Mord 4K. Uh, I'm working on getting and- it back. Soon I will be Dredgen, and I will go, I, I, I will <laughs> transcend this human name, and I will become Dredgen Mord 4K. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, Henry, aka Nomad Har, aka Kraken Zero, and uh, yeah, we are the Wicked Awesome Cast. We uh, we deliver weekly fun new stuff and occasional ganter, and sometimes we just make asses of ourselves. But it's all for the entertainment. Occasionally, occasionally. okay, more often than not. <laughs> we have a hundred and sixty-five episodes proving you should never hire me. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. So more more jackassery than not. Sometimes sometimes we deliver a thoughtful message, but most of the time we're just rambling and talking shit. Yeah. And crushing childhood dreams, which is Charlie's favorite. Yeah, that is my favorite. <laughs> uh yeah. We're uh we're here. Um I don't have anything else to throw in there other than like I tell you guys my story about Seattle. Well, let's just dive into that one then. You 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 came into this podcast being like, yo, I got to talk about Seattle. And I'm kind of curious okay. now because I, I do enjoy a good shit talking of Seattle. Okay. So <laughs> first and foremost, I would say it was that for the overall fun trip. I had a great time. Are you uh, implying were... some of our gripes on this podcast are exceedingly specific, m- exaggerated for comedic effect instances that do not overall reflect the uh, encompassing a whole of something? Oh, no, there are parts of this I'm definitely going to talk shit about. Fair enough. <laughs> Don't you worry. All right. So, um, 
so uh, my, my, my girlfriend's sister is visiting from out of town. So we are kind of hanging around, doing stuff uh, as a group. And we decided we are going to go out to Seattle for a day. Hmm. Um, I didn't know exactly what we were going to do initially, but I know we were going to Seattle. Had you so, been to Seattle prior to this? Never been to Seattle before. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So all my coworkers are like, just be warned, there's a lot of traffic. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's Pacific Northwest. It can't be that bad. The traffic was fucking horrible. Seattle is the <laughs> L.A. of the Pacific Northwest. It very <laughs> much is, and I was not ready for that. So we booked the we booked the stay at a Motel Six because uh, it was one night, so it was like no big deal. Every part of the story is magical. <laughs> oh yeah, no for sure. So uh, we go, we 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 head on out. I believe it was Thursday. Drive on up. Uh, for the most of the drive, it was cool. Uh, we did see a giant billboard with Uncle Sam with some pretty, like, stupid bullshit written on it. So I'm like, yeah, it's about right for the rural areas. That makes mm. sense. So, uh, kept driving, got up to Seattle. Traffic was all right. It wasn't terrible. Um, but it was pretty gnarly. Like, the one thing I've realized people in the Pacific Northwest do is they genuinely do not give a fuck about jaywalking. <laughs> and it drives me up a uh, I, I got some news for you, Alex. Um, uh-huh. Most other cities don't have the threat of getting tickets for jaywalking the way LA does. So it's not yep. actually that the rest of that Seattle's bad about it. It's that LA is weirdly into not jaywalking. The rest of yeah. the, the rest of the US is kind of like middle fingers up, cross the street, being like, "What are you gonna do? Hit me?" That's probably one of the biggest culture shocks for you. That is just how people are like nonchalant. Never go about, to where I grew up then because the drivers there actively look at pedestrians and go, what are you going to do, step in front of my car? And pedestrians actively look at cars going, what are you going to do, motherfucker, hit me? And it's a game of chicken that ends in both of them in jail. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, I wasn't ready for that, so. It, it just, that the level of jaywalking annoys the shit out of me. So, um, yeah, that's a normal level of jaywalking. The not jaywalking of LA to this day. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck are y'all doing being all safe and not jaywalking right now? Yeah, it's yeah. eight lanes I have to cut across as opposed to two, but man, we could be on the other side of the street right now and pissed off like nine drivers. <laughs> so we get to Seattle and we're like, oh, let's just go hit up the Space Needle. So we head up to the Space Needle. Um, that was a mistake. And- uh, no, it wasn't too bad, actually. How long so was we, the line like, for it? The line was pretty long. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's a good way to burn but, an entire day. Yeah. So, well, we were going to do that for a day. So we get there, and it's something about like a two-hour wait just to get in. That is not and bad we didn't have any, Space Noodle. And we didn't have any tickets and all that. And we're like, oh, well, we're not going to park here in the valet. We're just going to go grab something to eat, settle in a bit, and then we'll come back to the Space Noodle later. And it turns out they actually have a cheaper fri- price if you go at night. Yep. And mm. so that actually worked out really well. So, uh, yeah, no, Space Needle was definitely one thing we wanted to do, and we got to do it. It was really nice. So uh, we go back to the we go to the Motel 6 and check in. And this non-smoking room sure shit smells like people have been smoking in it. Dude, it was the Yo, Motel a great 6. Start. Rules yeah, of the Motel 6s are just kind of a suggestion. It's like, don't keep nine wild horses in this room. And you're like, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. keep nine wild horses in this room. You can't stop me, Motel 6. Yeah. <laughs> so... So we get there and we check in and first thing we hear is the sound of somebody arguing with somebody else in the hotel. So we're like, this is off to a great start. Mm-hmm. So we we load our stuff in, 
we go and grab some snacks and stuff from Walgreens, head back to the, uh, was it, yeah, to the Motel 6, and Ratatouille was playing, and I kind of wanted to stay and finish watching the movie because it was almost done. So we <laughs> watched it, and then we're like, well, let's go get some food. And I hit up a friend who, one of my guildies from WoW, who um, he lives in Seattle, so I asked him where we can get some good food, and he recommended a ramen spot in Bellevue. So we drove off to Bellevue, uh, and I'm actually kind of surprised because driving up to Bellevue wasn't so bad, considering it was close to maybe like four, three, four o'clock ish in the afternoon, mm. which should be right like right gridlock time. So we get to Bellevue, we have some pretty good ramen, which later on turns out to get us kind of sick. Mm. It definitely got me like pretty gassy, so that sucked. Uh, and when you're sharing a hotel room with people, being gassy is a bad idea. Um, so. We go to Bellevue, and Bellevue is like this weird, magical pocket of the Seattle area. Uh, have you guys been to Bellevue? I think yes. so. I'm now Googling it, though, for my own reference. I, I, it, I, it I was there because magical. whenever I went to a PAX one year, that's... Uh-huh. that's oh, that's yes, I have. Bellevue is fucking beautiful. We went, we went to the ramen place and right next to that spot that is, is the Bellevue Park or something. Downtown Bellevue Park, and it is it's like something out of a weird-ass movie. They have like a little like cool looking fountain. Like there were tons of like parents and their kids it, playing. It in is the park. an affluent part of Seattle. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. And it was like really, really nice. And so we're kind of just hanging out, doing Pokemon Go and Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Did you encounter some of the weird drug addicts of Bellevue? Uh no, we didn't actually see any of that. Uh, Seattle in general is kind of a weird homeless situation. Oh, well, I'll get to the drug stuff okay. in a bit. Cool. Don't worry. Cool. <laughs> so, uh, so we get to uh, we get to the park, hang out there for a while. We go to a little local spot that sells ice cream, and I had, like, the sweet cream and Earl Grey scoops. Mm. It was pretty good. I've yeah. had Earl Grey ice cream before. I didn't know they make Earl Grey ice cream. It was pretty bomb. You lived in L.A. almost your entire life and did not know they made Earl Grey ice cream. Mm. No. Did not know that. Okay. So after we get ice cream, we head back to the car, uh, and we're eat. We're, I'm sitting in the car eating ice cream, and so parking's kind of a pain in the ass there. But we're sitting in our car, like we got our spot. We're gonna sit here, and there's a some I don't know some dude or some lady I don't know somebody in a Jaguar, almost hits my car twice trying to park it in front of cool. us. Mm. So I'm honking at them because they're getting pretty fucking close every time, and we're like, all right, well, we're just gonna go. And they're apparently laughing about the whole thing, which is you know thanks jackass almost hit my car twice so anyway that part sucked and then i totally it, it it didn't occur to me but we were driving around for a bit because we had to burn time before our tickets to the space needle which was at like 10 o'clock at night mm-hmm. and so we're like oh i'll just drive over to nintendo headquarters and we drove by nintendo headquarters and mm-hmm. i guess that's like right next door to uh microsoft so we were like by the microsoft campus and i got yeah. all giddy and was driving around those roads, and since they're already closed, I was like, oh, this is all nice looking. It was actually pretty cool. Like, it was nice to actually see the headquarters and see all the cool stuff that Microsoft has around there and all that. So we drove around there for a bit. We drove through uh, Mercer Island. Have you guys seen that? It rings a bell. I'm not sure why. It's a really pretty, like, pretty island that has, like, these two big bridges that cross between lands over there. And uh, Yes. Okay, yes. Yeah. That weird central thing. Yeah. Yeah, so drove back into uh, 
yeah, we drove back to uh, Seattle, got some parking somewhere nearby for pretty cheap, and then walked over to the Space Needle area, and we had to burn like about some change. So we're at this Bellevue Park where the Space Needle is, mm. and um, I, I'm hunting a bathroom down because I got to go. And we find one. I walk into it, and looks like there are used needles on the stall. Yep, that, that sounds is, right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so there, there remember the drug part? Needles. Yep. There we go. So do my thing, take a snap or take a nice little picture of the, the needle, and I'm like, oh man, this reminds me of the city again. I feel better. Like it reminds me of home. So, um, and as we walk out, there is a massive blocked off area with a party going on where everybody's dressed in white. So I'm like, oh my god, this is like some crazy cult. What's going on? It's just a white party. No, it's it's something else apparently. It was called, um, and I believe, uh, Dinner the Blanc, or whatever. But yeah, it's basically a white party, but like not a white party, because it's like bring your own food and furniture and stuff. It's a white party hang that's around. chic. Is it, oh yeah, it's a chic white party, yeah. It's a but chic, yeah, but also a, chic works. Yeah. So, yeah, it's called, it's apparently a thing that happens once a year. Uh, yeah, Dinner de Blanc is what it's called and yeah just it just looked like a bunch of people <laughs> hanging around like a oh my god and they started doing a countdown i'm like oh my god they're gonna drink their free, freaking uh the kool-aid this is it boys and then no but no one got murdered no much but to alex's like, disappointment <laughs> yeah i figured like a white party would happen in a private residence no that's part of the problem with white parties they're frequently done in situations where you're like I don't know if white parties are racist or cults, or <laughs> both. Yeah, so that was interesting to see. But nonetheless, uh, we walked back to the Space Needle, and the Space Needle was really, really fun. A genuinely good time. The Space Needle is cool. It's fun being yeah. that high up in the air. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh... Fun fact with the called? Space Needle. The elevator speed, because that much speed, uh, the normal elevator speed across that difference would scare the hell out of you. Yeah. Mm. I did not know that. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, uh, I will say that was kind of interesting, because like, I, I look, we're looking into the website for the Dinner the Blanc thing. Here's your Amazon wish list of stuff you should buy for the, for the event. But you have your own stuff. Yep. For this. Yeah, and then somebody had a drone in the park, and they were recording and videos and all that. But yeah, just like walking into a crowd and seeing a bunch of people dressed in white, I'm like, oh my god, this is like a suicide cult going on in public. This will be fun, but it it was all right. And then yeah, Space Needle was cool. Uh, head back to the motel, and there's water on the floor in the bathroom. Okay, and we didn't leave anything on, so we go. Uh, we go over to the to the lobby and we're like, "Hey, uh, there's a bunch of water on the floor in our bathroom." And they're like, "Oh yeah, the hotel room ab- or the motel room above you guys flooded, so there's probably water falling down from the ceiling." Nice. Like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, it's a hotel. Our, our light- <laughs> it's a Motel Six. That's a feature. Yep. Yeah. So our, our Motel Six had water leaking from the ceiling in the bathroom. So I'm like, okay, nice. Whatever. And you could see it was dripping through the picture. Like to the electrical fixture, which is hilarious. That's always funny. Mm. Um, so we're like, ah, whatever. We're just tired. We're gonna go to bed. So go to bed. 
4 a.m., I awake to the sound of water falling from the ceiling in our bedroom. Nice. How much stuff got ruined? Oh. Huh? How much stuff got ruined? Actually, nothing, because... Congratulations. The, we were, so we had, uh, we had a two queen bed set up. So since it was in between, like, the ceiling and, I guess, like, the paint or whatever they put on there, yeah. it all eventually came to the center of the room, which was the split between the two beds. Yeah, that's about <laughs> right. So you have a moat between you now. Yeah, so I wake up to the sound of, like, the paint cut, like, bursting open and just, yeah. and a bunch of water. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, because I guess, like, I mean, if you have it sitting there long enough, it will eventually pierce a hole through the ceiling and just mm-hmm. come out. So, we had water fall from the ceiling. Um, so, I grab a bunch of towels. And, I mean, I'm, I'm, I woke up to the sound of this. So, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And, uh, yeah. So, at this point, it was already 4 a.m. I didn't give a shit. I was tired. I just threw towels down and went back to bed. Uh, in the morning, went over to check out and let them know, hey, just so you know, we there was a <laughs> there was there was water that fell out of the ceiling in the living room or the bedroom area, and they're like, oh, that's why the room upstairs from yours is out of commission. So apparently the <laughs> night. The night crew never change. Hotel management never change. Night crew Ugh. didn't tell the day crew why the fuck a room isn't up, you know, for usage, and so they're like, "Oh, that's why." It's not. I'm like, "Yeah, because that room above us flooded last night." I'm like that explains why we can't use that room right now. Yeah, jackass. Yeah. Did nobody go and see this room's not allowed to be used? I wonder why. So, yes, thanks, Motel Six. Not once did they offer anything for the inconvenience of having water fall all over the shit. All over the room, rather. They're just like, oh, sorry about that. So, fuck you, Motel 6. Yeah, well, you know, the thing that gets me about Motel 6 is they're not even that cheap. Like, as far as, like, the rooms, they're cheaper than, say, Holiday Inn or something. Uh-huh. But they aren't, like, as you, there are cheaper motels out there that would actually be at least about the same quality. Yeah. And it's just like, that's the thing, it's like, it's the chain that's somehow worse than than these, the, you know, outwardly scummier-looking motels that exist. Yeah. I mean, overall, though, minus that, the some bullshit with, uh... It, it, that's a freak circumstance, yeah. Like, it's... Yeah. yeah. But other than that, like, it was, it was a fun trip. I had a really good time. Stupid fucking hotel six. <laughs> Having a room fucking flood. Oh, mind you, the only time I've only been to Motel Six is twice, and every time I've stayed at a Motel Six, I've had. Did I tell you the time I stayed at a Motel Six the first time, Charlie? I don't know <laughs> how, how is it to this exact situation. Oh no! Well, it's just bad stuff happens at Motel Six. Give me really we, quick. We, we, a, yes, a, but it's a short story. So. This was actually during the Extra Life event we threw at an arcade a few years ago. This was before you okay. at Extra Life LA. Um, so we ended up setting up some studio in Panorama City. Uh, the arcade's all set up, all of our equipment set up, and we're like, okay, it's about like 2, 3 a.m. We need to go get some sleep and come back, but the time it takes us to leave from Panorama City to go home and then drive back, it's almost like an hour. So let's just all stay at a Motel 6 nearby. Uh, I'll throw it on my card. You guys can just pay me back later. So, uh, six of us roll up to a Motel 6 at 3 in the morning, and we're like, six dudes, we need a room for like a few hours just to get some sleep, and then we're going back out. And they're like, okay. So we get one room, six of us stay in it. 
We all head back. We do our extra life thing. A few days later, my credit card was used to purchase shit from Chanel and Tiffany's in Florida. What? Yep. So also, apparently, the- <laughs> Florida people in Florida shop at those places. But go on. <laughs> yeah. So apparently. Uh, my credit card stuff got stolen and used shortly after I was at Motel 6. That might not be oh. Motel 6's fault, but... Mm, well, the only thing is I don't buy from it. Like, I would understand that, but they were the only off-site thing that I had bought in a long time. Like, everything else was always the usual stuff, and I had been doing the same usual stuff forever. So, it wasn't until a few days after Motel 6, which was the first off-purchase I've had... I, I stand by my comment that that's not necessarily Motel 6's fault. I'm, I'm going to blame them. You can. I'm just saying it's not necessarily their fault. Yeah. I will say, though, it's funny having a phone call with the credit card company and saying, yeah, no, my stuff was stolen. Like, okay, how far back was the stuff stolen? I'm like, well, let's see. The last two months have been nothing but fast food on a credit card. And then just up in nowhere, uh, I bought Tiffany's and Chanel shit. And they're like, yeah, no, based off your purchase history, that's crazy. I'm like, I'm like a Don't fat Don't you dude feel in judged in that scenario? <laughs> <laughs> I was judging myself. I was like, look, I'm a fat dude in my 20s. Like, I'm not buying Chanel and Tiffany's. I'm buying that <laughs> Jack in a Box and I'm getting gas. And I'm sure as shit not buying Tiffany's and Chanel. <laughs> and like, that's a valid point. I'm like, yeah, so that part was stolen. Uh, some of this, uh, some of my wedding stuff has caused a couple red flags where it's like, we noticed you did this. Yeah, that, that was me. Are you sure? Because two days ago you bought like eight pounds of beef jerky car oil and nine video games that was also me you live a complicated life don't you yeah no i didn't get that they just assumed i up and nowhere wanted to buy really fancy shit so yep no no warning for that but boy if i try to buy something at another store i hadn't been to before uh let's freeze your credit card temporarily you got to reply back and let us know that it's you yes i am buying these items buying fast food from a new restaurant don't judge me. Give me my shit. So, anyway, um, other than that, that was my fun little tidbit here as far as uh, real life adventures go. Thank you for following me on this journey. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it for my week. Uh, you want to go next, Henry, or should I? Sure. All right, so I play... I'm continuing to play the sort of games that won't fry my system because I still haven't bought a new video card. But Can we I'll, start a Kickstarter to get you a card? This was like a GoFundMe. Yeah. I, uh... But I am, like, it is kind of making me be a little more discerning about my collection and to look up stuff. Alright, so I played A Rose in the Twilight, which is a... Uh, it's It's... All right, so like, uh, essentially, it's by NIS, uh, Nipponichi, um, which who, if you aren't familiar, they make the Disgaea series of games, mm-hmm. and they also have a couple of these kind of smaller plat- puzzle platformers, and I I call them kind of a mixture of both puzzle platformer and what I would call cinematic platformer. Uh, cinematic platformer is like the original. PC Prince of Persia. That that's what I mean when I say that. Okay. And and but yeah, it's it's not about fast action, generally speaking, and I'll get to that in a second. But it's it's paced kind of you have to figure out puzzles. You're given in this one you're 
basically working with two different characters that have very different abilities. So it's a bit like, I'd say, uh, The Lost Vikings, the old Blizzard game, if you remember that. Yes. Yeah. And so you're you're switching between two characters with extremely different abilities, like vastly different. And and one of them is basically a sort of a a young woman, it seems like that's kind of like uh and essentially you kind of have powers related to blood and and time, like the ability to stop time and physics to a certain extent. And so that's one of your ways of solving puzzles. But she's all, but she's also very vulnerable. So any like pretty much she can't take any damage. So it is kind of one hit KO. The other character is this giant stone golem, for lack of a better term, and it's it's basically invulnerable, and but it's very big, so it's not as maneuverable and can't fit into certain spaces. But it can also pick up the other character and carry them around because you have to switch controls you know for each of them but you can just pick up the other character and carry them it also helps that can protect them they can also throw the other character so the big stone golem can actually throw the person up to higher ledges or across a chasm or something and it's it's clever uh it's it's i like the puzzles that they've created and that there's usually a couple of different ways to solve them so it's yeah it's a nice clever little puzzle platformer and i i will say this it's really easy to soft lock it that is because i don't know when it comes especially any sort of puzzle games i like to get creative and try to figure out like the possibly the weirdest way to try to solve something or to just try to do something that's you know just out of the ordinary and really really easy to soft lock that essentially to get yourself in position but Essentially, has a button just like a lot of puzzle platformers. Has a button that will reset to the last sort of save point, so you don't have to worry about it. You know, like really hard soft locking. So, but yeah, you it's it's fun. Um, yeah, I will say that. Yeah, some of the yeah the puzzles are generally kind of fun to deal with. What's what I didn't find fun at all is the couple of bosses that it has. To the point that I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play through to the end of the game because of that, because it's such a when the rest of the game is not really terribly timing based. There's a couple of parts where you kind of have to switch between the two characters in a timely fashion mm-hmm. to do certain puzzles, but it's not fast. It's really slow paced game. You can kind of take it as you as you want. But when it comes to these bosses, the bosses are very much super meat boy bosses. Because there is the one hit KO on the you know on the one character. Sure. And the bosses work yeah, they they just have this pattern they go through. It's a peekaboo style boss where you can only actually hit them. And even hitting them you have to do it in a very creative way because of the way the powers work. And but yeah, it's I don't like the bosses on that game because it feels like they go against the core gameplay they had established in literally 90% of the game, which is slow-paced, thoughtful, uh, slow-paced, thoughtful puzzle solving. And then it gets to these bosses and it's, it's pattern memorization and dodges and 
and things going on that are kind of fast and it's just like when the mechanics of the game don't even work well for that because you there's there's a lot of sort of ice physics ish slidiness to the way the physics work in the game as well as a lot of feeling kind of impreciseness and when you have a super meat boy style boss with that it just becomes for me incredibly frustrating i'm like yeah these controls aren't or the mechanics aren't or refined enough to work for this style of gameplay it just doesn't work and so that would be i like every like 90 percent of the game i am super enjoyed but the bosses are such a breakaway from the core gameplay i you know if this is one of the games i would say play it don't necessarily feel like finishing it will add anything i mean you'll get to see more of the storyline but i don't know for me it's not worth it to go through some bosses because there again with the one hit ko thing you die you start all the way over mm. I mean, the game is kind of like that in general in that there's kind of slightly longer stretches stretches of puzzles you have to survive to get to the next save point. But when it's the boss and the last boss, uh, I actually looked it up online. Uh, it's like a 15-minute long boss fight that's a, like I said, a Super Meat, meat Boy style peekaboo boss. And it's just, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's just, not only is it a, style of style of boss fight that i am really not down for it's also super long so i'm like nope because that means you could be 10 12 minutes in make one mistake and then have to do the entire fight over again and that is super not fun to me but mm. outside of that i so yeah good game don't bother with the bosses but outside of that i played another could well, you play the game without dealing with the bosses or is that kind of uh unfortunateness um it's all right so the first boss that you run into isn't too bad definitely a boss you can get by because the fight isn't that long the fight is probably about five like five minutes so it's really not too bad maybe less than that if you're have good basically if you're able to finagle with the controls and actually get it to work right mm. and but the but the last final boss is just an ex just looks i'm like i'm not even touching that that looks like a horrible boss fight and it's just so long and so yeah i mean so you can play 90 percent of the game without you know the very very last boss mm -hmm. you want the if you want to see the ending just go on youtube these people have i mean that's how i i looked at the final ending i'm like yeah i'm not going through that boss fight it's a cool ending, and I kind of like the way they tell the story. It's all told without words, so the entire story is all done in sort of really cool cinematics. There's some you you basically pick up blood memories, and so there's a, a lot of nice little cinematics. Blood but memories. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because your character deals in kind of I, I, I blood get it. magic, it's still, it's... essentially. Yeah, yeah. Your character deals entirely in blood magic, but yeah, it's it's. Yeah, you can play through most of the game, and I, yeah, I'd say the rest of the game is super cool. See, it's similar to another game that I played called Hutaru, uh, Hutaru, uh, uh, I don't remember the, the Firefly Diary. Oh yeah, yeah oh yeah, Hutaru no Niki, a Firefly Diary, and it's like, has this weird sort of spelling for the 
main title. All right, but in any case, it's it's also by the same company, and and the same artwork. So I'm guessing it's the exact same part of their studio. But yeah, that one is worse. That one's not as good. I didn't end up finishing that one. It just became really unfun very quickly. But this one was great. But yeah, that's I I yeah I put a lot of hours into that. It's not that long of a game either. But I also only bought it for like five bucks. It was on sale, so it's definitely super worth that. And probably worth the full price as well. It's a fun game. But as far as other things, I watched an anime, or at least I'd say, well, I watched a little more of it called, that I hadn't watched in a long time called Holic. And it's sort of, well, it's red as Holic, but the way it looks like it's XXX Holic. And which makes sense in the themes that it's covered because essentially it's sort of. It's a magical one. It's tied in with another. It's Clamp Project, if you're for Sakura. Um, in any case, it's... But yeah, it's about... It's allegories of addiction and compulsive behavior. And that, that's a that's a very strong theme throughout the entire thing. And that's why it's Holic. It's, well, blank space Holic or XXX Holic. It's really just pronounced Holic. But yeah, it's it's really cool. I love it. A lot. It's it's really fascinating. Like the yeah, I mean it, it touches on a lot of really cool themes. And yeah, and it's really, really around addiction and compulsive behavior. Hmm. But yeah, it's but the artwork style is cool. I mean if you don't like clamp stuff, I mean you won't like it. But if you like clamp stuff, it's it's super cool. There's couple series of it but only the first one appears on streaming platforms like on hulu you can get and uh, i think it's under funimation's thing too but i know you can get the entire first season on hulu but but yeah it's super cool it's it's a very mature themes that is it's allegories of addiction and compulsive behavior and it's and it's very interesting because of that but yeah, um, I, I guess kind of for those who referenced, I had to look it up when you said it. What other, what, what other? I guess like that's the thing. Um, Holic's not famous. Uh, what other kind of more famous? Card Captor Sakura. Yeah, that's that, that's what I was going for. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's that's yeah. Card Captor Sakura. I mean, all right. So this one actually is sort of taking place at the same time as another one called Subasa Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Subasa Chronicle being sort of an alternate world from where it has you know similar characters similarly named characters in a completely new plot line and universe essentially but yeah this one happens at the same time but that one where that one is more of sort of your it's the typical yeah it's like Subasa chronicle is more of your sort of act like adventure mag- magical adventure type of thing in a fan- fantasy magical adventure sure holic takes place in kind of our world so it's it's you know it's based in more sort of it's based in modern in modern japan essentially and so but yeah it's i i like the series a lot it's one of my favorites one thing that i can't find that's not been translated is they did a live action series of it too and Mm. it's so good yeah, the live action is the live action version of the series is they just picked excellent actors to do it. 
yep. So that's that's pretty much my uh yeah, I'm yeah, other than that, I hadn't really been up to too much, but that's definitely a series that going back and watching it and seeing that oh yeah, it still stands because there's nothing in it that particularly ties it to any any time period. Yeah. I mean that is it just seems modern day. There's nothing it doesn't overly topical or pop cultural, so mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a great little series, and it is. I like the fact that sure, in its storytelling, there's a lot of thoughtfulness about it. It's yeah, it's neat. Yeah, but yeah. That's 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 pretty much what I got up to this week. Cool. Nice. I also did not do much this week. Um, I, I can now officially rank the uh, Destiny raids uh, across both games because I've now done almost all of them. My favorite Destiny 2 raid so far is uh, Scourge of the Past. I know it's a controversial pick more than The Last Wish. The Last Wish is a visual feast. It's got some cool stuff, but it's a puzzle raid. I like my combat scenario raids. <laughs> I, I, I like my ones that are less about did you fuck up the puzzle and more about did you fuck up the boss fight. And yes, I know that's kind of all of the raids, but Destiny players and there's a giant fallen mech at the end of Scourge of the Past, and you know I gotta pick with the one with the giant fallen mech at the end of it. <laughs> it's real cool. You fight a mech. It's also a sparrow racing section. I, I, I totally get why it's, people, it's not people's favorite raids. I have not done um, the Crown of Shadows, Sorrows yet, but I, I get the impression that one's more puzzle-heavy again, and yeah, I... <laughs> It's really nice being back into Destiny raiding. I I had a bit of a snag on my quest to Dredgen. I forgot that part of getting the Dredgen is to uh, complete the badge. And again, like it, so much of this dumb obsession goes back to if I just hadn't stopped playing Destiny two when I did, I would have Dredgen by now. I'm trying to I, like it's it's the, like no, I, I would have naturally gotten to this point. Just based on playing that much across time. But yeah, I probably won't be getting Dredgen before the uh, Shadow Keep happens, but I'll probably get it closely after because I literally all that's standing in the way of it now is two more um, Gambit Infamy resets, and I think I am two thirds of the way through a second one, but I'm not sure I'll have the uh, burning vigor to get through a third one in one season. It's a lot of goddamn gambit, especially when there's other stuff I'd rather be doing, like raiding and doing the bl- and doing the forges, because the forges, despite I, it's weird, the stuff people find exceedingly polarizing in Destiny is often my favorite con- uh, content because it's like ah oh, the forges take too long, and I'm like, but the forges are con, and as a result, they're cool. It's, it's it's not straightforward. I'm like, yeah, that's what makes it fun. The puzzle there is dumb and weird and insane. I, for those not familiar, the Forges are a battle arena that, rather than it being about enemy clearing, it's about throwing metal balls at a like centralized forge thing to power it up. You go through two rounds of it, rounds of it and you fight a boss. It's pretty straightforward. But the number of... Like, there's two maps. I guess there's only like one map that, like, has some real strats for it, and it's so cool in my book, but good God, do people, like, people are, the forges make you realize how 
fucking dumb some Destiny players are. And mm. why it's like, oh, not everyone does the raids. Why? Do they just take too much time? No, people aren't smart enough. <laughs> I want to shoot the thing. But, yeah, I this has been mostly a week of me watching stuff because I've been working through Iron Banner that, uh, the quest for Iron Banana, uh, Banner, or Banana, as my clan has started to call it, is um, real goddamn terrible. Like, whoever designed that maybe needs to get fired a little bit. But, yeah, I, if you've not watched the uh, new Jane Silent Bob Strike Back trailer, go do that. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, actually good. It is them making it's it's Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and it is them making fun of the fact they're rebooting Jay and Silent Bob, like down to the fact that the premise is. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure that's that's we're we're getting into like an irony onion. Oh here. no, this is kind of like so. The other thing I watched this week is The Boys, and we'll talk about The Boys in a second. Like these are like both of these things are things we need. Where you have Jay and Silent Bob, the trailer is um. The guy who's played the guy who uh, the that uh, Silent Bob that the um rights for that shitty Jane Silent Bob that was based off their likenesses have been sold and they're now doing a gritty reboot of it and they're going to L.A. to stop the movie from being made again. <laughs> and like it'll end with them getting a monkey probably just like the first one did, but <laughs> it it's refreshing. Like it, it's weird. Like it's the as likely loves the Jay and Silent Bob movie because it's terrible, but also just a lot of those two characters and like understands that the best Kevin Smith movie is probably Dogma, but also it's the least of the Kevin Smithy movies that's Kevin Smithy. So it's fun if you're a fan of that kind of the what's it the View Askewiverse. It's a fun little like hey, it's still around. We're still doing weird shit with it. Like we actually might make Clerks three, even though we probably shouldn't make Clerks three. Yeah, my, well, I don't think Clerks 3 will happen, because my understanding is there's a conflict with one of the two guys. Anything's now. possible. Yeah, I mean, hell, did you, apparently there was a whole thing, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the, the new Batman who just quit, with Affleck? Yeah. And, was it called, um, and Kevin Smith weren't talking for a while. Sure. Mm. Like, I guess there was a whole thing, and so he, I guess he had finally just reached out and was like, hey, man. You know how's it going? And to ask him to be a part of it, and he was like, "Of course, man, no problem." Yeah. Like it was just he, they had a weird falling out, apparently. Yeah. Or something that I had no idea was a thing. Mm. So. Relationships are complicated, I guess. Yep. Yeah. On the opposite end of the spectrum, though, the the boys has finally come to Amazon, and those who listen to the podcast, um, excited for this for a while. Oh yeah, you have. It's real good. <laughs> I have not seen it. I don't. I don't have Amazon. You so. should watch the trailers at least. The trailers are fucking amazing. Oh, I have seen the trailers, and it looks it looks fantastic. Oh, that honestly. show is balls to the wall insane. I like the casting. I mean, I'll say that. Yeah, it's got some good casting. Yeah, I, it's weird. As a huge fan of the comics, I was kind of going into this going, okay. What are they going to change? And I think all of the changes, for the most part, are good choices. I, It's weird. 
the boys TV show almost feels like it might be the prequel. It's totally kind of the, the story of the recomic of the comics adapted in kind of modern ways. It's, it does some real cool stuff. I am the guy who plays, um, William butcher is just fucking great. The entire way through, he is channeling that. Like, I, I want to kill Superman vibe so hard the entire time. It is so good. <laughs> the dude um, is unapologetically just the worst person ever who's on a mission to stop people from killing themselves. It's great. Uh, the show's gotten some criticism having a lot to say, and I think that people just don't like how the show goes about saying things. Like it's The show has a couple messages it sticks to, and most of them are like, People are hypocritical pieces of shit. Don't trust them. Or uh-huh. absolute power is the worst thing ever. Like th- those are the two messages of the show. Like the show does not try and be a show about the dangers of realizing that ultimate power fantasy and why Superman would be terrible to actually have around. Don't make people into heroes. Essentially, like it's the like peace. Like people are complicated and terrible. Just because you have this idealized version of them does not mean they are that idealized version of them. Like, hell, uh... Keanu Reeves. I, yeah, that that's fair, like... And, and the <laughs> show he's kind, kind of... A, he, he's rare. The show cool. has a Keanu Reeves, I guess you could say. Like, he's not... Sorry, she's, like... Th- there's a character who is genuinely a good person, but still, like, she even has some shit. Like, it's like, her whole public persona is, like, I... Like, it's... Like not her exact name, it's Starlight or something like that. But like her whole character, she's like pure and Christian and like Midwest. Like it's, but they're at like Bible Fest and they're like, she's a virgin. And she's like, no, but in this situation, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, that's a, I, yeah. I'm definitely been interested in checking it out. I've just it's it's what great. I've just what I've heard of it. Who wrote the original comic? It is the same guy that did Preacher. I'm blanking on the name. Um, Garth Ennis? Yes. Okay, the, then I'm it is, kind of interested in checking so that the, out. The books are great. Ennis, it is... Yeah. Um, what, what's the right way of saying it? It is... Yeah, give me a second. Make sure I'm the names right. Um, yeah, it is Garth Ennis out Garth Ennising himself. Like, it's... Um, <laughs> like where if you think of preacher as peak as peak Garth Ennis, the boys is Garth Ennis looking at his previous works, being like, "These weren't controversial enough. I need Superman's child to murder someone because it claws its way out of her womb because Superman is a danger." Yep. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Yeah, I I like yeah I'm a, I'm definitely a, a fan of Garth Ennis's work. Yeah, he or is it Ennis or I, I Ennis? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's definitely one of those names that I've read and I haven't heard it said aloud, yeah. and so I don't know. Yeah, it's I love his wicked sense of humor, and it's it, and it's a it's good sad yeah. humor. It's it's because that's that's a line that can be hard to dance and do it well without it. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, his other work is good, so yeah, I'm definitely now interested in checking that out. Just the comic, if I mean, and also seeing the show. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. it's 
it is the show the world we're living in needs, and it's getting a lot of flack for it's like it's like oh, it's just violence, it's like a violence. I'm like, there's a scene where two people fight the Invisible Man, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it just seems like yeah. a lot of fun. But if you don't get the point, I guess you don't get the point. <laughs> yeah, like I, it's like there there's yeah. some smart changes like uh. The, the the female is no longer the female of the species, she's just the female, and I swear she got a power boost in the show, because she is way more dangerous, and that's saying something, because in the comics, she is fucking dangerous. There's people in half with her bare hands dangerous in the comics, and they give her, like, a crazy healing factor. It, it, the show is great, like, and it's... It, it, it changes some things in ways that will make the show a more successful show, I think. Like, it's... The, the heroes aren't as black and white kind of scummy. Some of them are. Like, I, they, they amp up A-Train's kind of villain factor to it. They change Homelander's villain factor, if you will. It's... it's the, the Deep is kind of just the best kind of mirror version of Aquaman ever made. Dude gets sent to the Midwest where there's no sea life. Oh god. But yeah, yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I I I I watched the entire thing. I've had a lot of fun with it. I, it's <laughs> Oh, it's got stuff. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's, and the thing is, it goes, it kind of hits on, you know, one thing that I've mentioned a couple of times now is that I super don't mind if they change stuff from the source material when they're changing mediums. Yeah. I mean, that, that alone doesn't bother me. If it's done poorly, then I'll just criticize it as just being a bad story or bad, badly done. But if, but as far as just the change itself, I am fine with changing, super fine with changing it up for, yeah different mediums or just for a change of pace period because sometimes you know what it's fun to see a a at different version or just a new story because ones where it's the like you could not do this show if not for the glut of superhero stuff like it's the we've never lived in a time where the idea of life under superheroes might be like can actually because like we just finished the kind of whole first major story arc of what 30 some odd movies 25 some odd movies right now that we ever have previously and yeah the boys kind of steps in it's like okay cool you've had this beautiful idealized word of like yeah if iron man was cool shit would be awesome and they're like remember tony stark's a fucking alcoholic in the comics and alcoholics do despicable shit yeah yep I mean, that's why, I mean, they, they, I feel like for the most part in a lot of the dealings within the comics, they've dealt yeah. with Iron Man's arc in that in a very mature way. Yeah, like, I, usually. I'm not saying every storyline dealt with in a mature way. that's kind of the sad difference between the, maybe, maybe this will be the second season of The Boys, because they definitely kind of ramped up to that hypothetically. The comics have this really kind of cool, every story arc is based around, like, dark reflections of characters you know and love from the major comic landscape. The show is very the Seven-centric. It's very kind of 
laser focused on up the world and like the dark realities of what having a Justice League would be like and the secret society that exists within superheroes where it's like, yeah, you've got this character that's like a crusader for Pray the Gay Away who is a frequent at the superhero gay club kind of thing. Like, not not, not a shocking thing there. But the show plays around with it in interesting ways and like, it's yeah, we have footage of you at this. We're going to blackmail you with this. You can't blackmail me. I'm like the Holy Spirit. Here's you blowing nine dudes at a nightclub. You can totally blackmail me with that. Because I am a homophobe. They're like, we don't really care what you get up to. It's the fact that we can use this to control you because that's the dark reality of our world. Yep. Yeah. If you, I mean, and it's, I mean, it sounds a lot like, it sounds like Watchmen with a sense of humor. Yeah. It's, I'd say where Watchmen is kind of superheroes contemplating the dark reality of superheroes, The Boys is. A Everybody else having to deal with it. It's that and like spoilers, but looks it happens like the first thirty seconds of the show. And if you read the comics, you know this. Like it's been in the ads. Like the show kicks off with A Train, the in in here um, in universe version of the Flash, murdering one of the main characters' girlfriends by just running through her by accident. Yep, and. Like the, the the kind of like central idea of the comics the show started to deal with more towards the end is this idea that like superheroes in this world rack up casualties. Like it's in the in the wake of doing superhero stuff, people die. And sometimes they're unavoidable, unnecessary like sometimes they're unfortunate. Like, yes, like it's the we saved a hundred people from this burning building, we missed two. And sometimes not because it's not always clear how much training some of these superheroes have or like how they're choosing to abuse their powers or how necessarily careful they are or like what if you're the fastest man alive and you do mushrooms yep and then go running what happens yeah i mean so it's giving them, like Watchmen, it sounds like it's giving them the same, you know, kind of human boilables that we usually don't I think like it's, do for superheroes. It deals with but more yeah, the it, celebrity aspect of it. Like, it's yeah, it, it's one of those ones where it's not just they have their, they have their vices and stuff. It's they are used to living the rock star lifestyle because of the public image. They, like, they can't do any wrong. It's like, oh, they save buildings and stuff. They can't be bad guys. We consume more cocaine than all of a country combined across these three people, kind of thing. Like, because we can't yeah. die from it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Uh, it's, yeah, it, I'm definitely into it. It's real cool. I had so much fun watching it. The show is just ridiculous, start to finish. Like, I, there's an episode that the concept of the Spice Girls is a fucking central concept. <laughs> Like, there's a monologue given by one Billy Butcher about how the team is the Spice Girls, and it's just this sad, fantastic, it's like, what's Baby Spice up to? Who cares? Exactly. And you're like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> but it doesn't, because it's a really good point. Yeah, I, I'm i also watching Orange is the New Black, the final season, but I haven't finished that yet, boys, because if you have ability to watch it, I highly recommend it. If you don't, like, don't go sign up for Amazon video for this, but if you can watch it, totally check it out. It's not going to be for everyone. Like, it is gory and obscene and ridiculous, and, like, 
really all up in that adult content only like MA tag kind of thing, but like I in the opposite way that Chernobyl is a fucking fantastic show you should all watch. The Boys is the opposite end of the spectrum where it's also a show that's really great to watch and you should totally watch it. But it's not like amazing TV. It's ridiculous TV. But yeah, it's fun. But that's what I've been up to this week. It's mostly been kind of watching stuff and watching stuff from playing lots of Destiny still. I, I need September to roll around so Borderlands can drag me away from Destiny or not. We'll see. Else, <laughs> <laughs> does mean it's time for news. Yeah. I don't know why I felt like doing that. Ah, right <laughs> off the bat, we got so much fucking ten cent news. Like holy shit, ten cent. I. To kind of burn through the overall topics real quick so we can kind of deep dive as necessary. Uh, they are in talks with the Pokemon company, meaning kind of indirectly Nintendo, to bring Pokemon to China in a more meaningful way. Uh-huh. Kind of a PC mobile game aspect of things. They are, they, they've invested heavily in a company called AntStream. Is that how I pronounce that one, Henry? Yes. That's kind of like, well, I'm exaggerating somebody. Like it's an online streaming game for retro games. It's like think of it like uh, retro pie, but Netflixified, if you will. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's kind of like Google. What's it called? Stadia. Google Stadia. Sorry, I can't remember. Oh, you shouldn't. <laughs> there is no reason to remember Stadia is called Stadia. Yeah, but yeah, the uh, yeah, but it also has a lot of like game, like a lot of other game companies are investing into that into this retro streaming that fight Stadia. Yeah, it's like SNK, Data East, Arxis. It's got some legit investment from companies who have a large catalog, a large retro catalog. So I think that's, yeah, I think that's interesting. And I'll, I'll, I'll put a pin in that one until we Tencent talk, Tencent news. Mm. Cool. I don't trust anything Tencent's good. You shouldn't. Uh, it's a ten cents. Also, talking to Nintendo about getting the Switch into China. So this is an important thing because someone had the Nintendo kind of import license of past, and they did a good job of pissing Nintendo off, and that whole mm. thing fell through. And the easiest way to get stuff into China is to partner with a Chinese company, and we've talked about this in the past. Kind of funnel stuff through that company, and yep. I feel like we've talked about this relationship at least once in the past, where it was like it was rumors about it, but kind of by their powers combined, Tencent merging with or not merging but partnering with any of the bigs could be a very big deal, not just for the Chinese market but also for the global one because yep. Tencent's a huge ass company. It's one of the biggest companies in the world. Yep. And like again, like to remind you, like they own all of Riot. Yep. Yep. As well as many other companies. I mean, they, they yeah. are... I mean, basically, they are kind of like become the Elorg of modern China. If you're not familiar with Elorg is, Elorg was the Soviet Union's kind of... one of their few companies that was allowed to do business outside of the Soviet Union. 
and and they were mainly for the electronic and software stuff. That's what yeah. Tetris, the first Tetris was released through Elorg. So you may or may not remember seeing Elorg because it was, yeah, I mean, so it was developed through there. But yeah, that's, and it's kind of the way Tencent is acting here now, that it's because Tencent is already, is already adhering to all of the requirements that you have to have to do business in China. So yeah, make a partnership with a company that already knows all the rules and laws. You know how to how to deal yeah. with all the rules and laws that are already and familiar it's, it's with everything. It's beneficial for both parties because it yeah. opens up a market that is largely kind of unexplored by we'll yeah. call it like and the, it's a, the world's video game market. And there's a billion people there. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a huge market. I mean, it's why, for instance, John Cena speaks Mandarin fluently because he's he knows he. He's aware that you talk about a huge untapped potential market. That's a billion people. So yeah, that's a that's a huge thing. So any and Tencent being on the you know and video games as we've described have had a had a major meteoric rise in just everything in total. You know, it, it, in general, the industry has just gone so huge. And yeah. yeah, to have that industry break into a gigantic country, that's huge. I mean, I see that they're positioning themselves, for instance, to, I mean, in in meeting up with Antstream and partnering up with Antstream, they're one, that's obviously a response to Google Stadia. I'm going to say straight up, that is a super, super... Yeah, it's a smart one, too. A very smart response to Google Stadia, because that's the thing, I mean... Uh, especially in countries where you may, uh, in any country that basically has a lot of people buying sort of, you know, people playing on their phones and on other mobile devices and on, and on various, you know, iPads or your Android pads or whatever to have. Yeah. You want a streaming service because that's there again, like the, point of streaming services is to get around the fact that you aren't necessarily running it on hardware that should be able to handle what you're playing and so yeah these are all tencent has been brilliant in the moves that they've made and the partnerships they're trying to to promote i mean they are they are being extremely smart about business i mean they're going to make a killing on it every anybody who gets involved with them is going to make a killing on it because they've been savvy their every move that I've seen them make has been like, oh yeah, that's smart. That's a super smart move. That and the people that have chosen to to partner with them also, yeah, that's super smart. That's a smart move. And yeah, it's I think it's yeah, fascinating and it's big news. And yeah, Tencent is just making really, really savvy business decisions. So yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. I think uh uh anybody who's not wanting to deal with them is possibly making a mistake. Yeah, I I, I, I think we're kind of at like an interesting crossroads. Like it's Stadia is going to come out in a few months at this point, I think. Like yep. I think my pre-order shows up in October, I want to say. Mm. And it's either going to work or it's going to fail. I live in a situation where compared to majority of stadia owners out there i live in i I have a situation where i am uniquely overqualified to potentially be a stadia early adapter the 
because of my phone plan kind of thing. Like, yes, I, I get to successfully ignore and go la 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 when it comes to the realities of data caps and what that means in a grand cosmic sense, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna see what the fuck that's like. It's I, I am both curious and also kind of exceedingly cynical on what that whole experience is going to wind up being and i, I think we follow the tech news yeah we, we follow tech stuff closely enough to know like it's all about posturing like it's one of those ones where it's the if stadia works you're going to see a lot more stadia competition if stadia doesn't work you're going to see a lot of companies get out there and basically pull a sony for the ps4 launch being like and we still use discs motherfuckers yeah i yeah i think yeah, a lot of this is just, it's it's smart news, I mean, and that's the thing, like, I th- I really think that, yeah, I think you're right in that Google Stadia is one of those things, there's not really going to be much of a middle ground. It's either wildly successful, or else it fails super hard. It's not the type of system that can kind of creep by on sort of a moderate amount of people adopting it. It's going to need to be, work really well. Or else yeah. it's just gonna fail super hard. And honestly, I I don't I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Google's Oh, there's no way to know until it comes out. Like, yeah. It's until there's... in the US where yeah. data caps aren't as common as other places. Yeah. Also we don't have the best data compared to other countries. it's Yeah. Yeah. But yep, that's yeah. And I yeah, and I do think that, you know, especially and I think this is what's going to help. I mean the fact is that AntStream, I guess it's all retro games, there's not gonna be as much emphasis on oh, like not as much data is gonna have to be sent over, and there's not as much emphasis yeah. on it having to be like fast as possible, you know, as, as low latency as possible. So yeah, yeah I mean there again, like that's going to work really well if you're trying to sell to a wider populace, which is totally what they're doing, and and that's the other thing, like being being with Nintendo, which Nintendo Nintendo in general is known for reaching a wider populace when it comes to video gaming. That is smart moves, smart moves all around. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to sell to lots of people. This is the way to go. Like both these moves tell me that they're wanting. They aren't. They aren't going for niche marketing. They are going for everybody. And yeah, when it comes to business, that is this smart move. It will say definitely a, a very smart move. It's not the only smart move, obviously, but yeah. Yeah. That's your ten cent update of the week. <laughs> Remember, they're out there watching and waiting coming for you yes you brian you you specifically you know who i'm talking to brian it's you it's not just the voices in your head it's a podcast you listen but enough on that silliness uh kind of i guess keeping in the nintendo theme indirectly i we've never talked about it but kind of it came to a head this week with a lawsuit going through and that triggering some things i i have not personally experienced this yet but i'm also not sure Maybe I have actually now that I've thought more about it, but I also haven't touched my Switch in God knows like six months now, I want to say. There's a thing called Joy-Con Drift, and if you're not familiar with the concept of Joy-Con Drift, it's 
kind of phantom controller inputs. It's I think the left controller specifically will register inputs even when you're not touching it, kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. a, a thing we're all familiar with when it comes to joysticks, unfortunately. Yes. It's it's happening currently very annoyingly on my 360 pad. And yeah. actually, I think going to, like, well, I've already popped it open, some parts all over it. But I'm going, actually picked up a joystick. I'm going to solder on a new joystick because it's super drifting at this point. It's yeah. really bad. But yeah, it, yeah, essentially, yeah, what happens is the, the drift just means that it's it's loose. The joystick, the actual physical mechanism part of it, it it it's loose, and so it's going to instead of sitting in the middle, you know, and it should move around. It's kind of I think hanging the to the left. Term I heard was incorrectly or something. Yeah, like it's it's, it's it, come out of alignment. Yeah, and so yeah, if it's it's you it you, you won't if you look at the calibration on it, it's like you'll just notice that it's just. If you leave it alone, you'll just see the joystick literally just sitting a bit to the left or the right, yeah. and that's and the thing is, but the thing is, is like for my 360 pad, well, since the 360 era, so I mean, it's an old joystick, so yeah, it's gonna drift some now, but it took a long time for that to happen. I do have it is in a a it is a Microsoft 360 pad. It's not a it's not a third party pad. But yeah, it's so. And to get back to the Joy Cons, yeah. what set this one apart from other things is Joy Cons are fucking expensive for what they are, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a way to get these repaired. And yeah. it wasn't like, per- like heavy constant use was causing the problem. Some Joy Cons just started broken inherently. Yeah, and yeah, the solution for a long time was just buy more Joy Cons. Which, if Joy Cons mm. were twenty bucks cool i think they're like closer to 80 yeah you know, for a set yeah for a set yeah. of them you know for the two of them yeah nope that's a crock of shit yep <laughs> yeah and like i said there was no kind of there was no nintendo way of fixing them like you couldn't send them back to nintendo to have them fixed or if you could it would cost like i think it was like 60 bucks or something that they're yeah yeah but yeah, so we have a class action lawsuit stending, stemming out of it. Yeah. And it's going to go forward, as far as I know. It, it, like, it hasn't been thrown out I think out it has gone forward. Okay. And I think a kind of decision was made about this that said, hey, like, it, or I think some preliminary um, findings were like, mm. it is not finished, but the Nintendo's now gotten out there and said, hey, we'll totally fucking fix this for free, et cetera, et cetera, even outside of warranty periods, because this is obviously a real problem. But, like, this goes back to the release of the Switch, which admittedly is only, like, two or three years ago now, but it's been an ongoing problem that, like, in the Switch forums has been a, yeah, so I'm getting drift, how do I fix this? Oh, cool, I can't? Neat. Guess I'll go by another Joy-Con. So, Nintendo's now out there saying they will fix this if you can prove it's happening, and you send them the controllers, which is normal. Yeah, and this is something that it, well, actually, it's not public. I mean, well, it's public now, but essentially, it's and in, it's from a vice did some investigative journalism, and essentially, they found that there is an internal memo that's telling customer service to fix Joy-Con drift for free. So they are. I think, well, they, they've they've publicly gotten out there and like have said, "Hey, we're dealing with this now." Like we yeah. are acknowledging this is like. 
part of the problem was for a long time Nintendo wouldn't even acknowledge this was a problem. Like it's like yeah, buy oh, a yeah. new Joy-Con. You obviously broke it. Shut up about it. But yep. So, we're... but yeah, now apparently, like at least internally, they're saying, you know, I mean, there's direction that if you send something in now, the repair is going to be free. It used to cost, yeah, I think it says now forty dollars. It used to cost forty dollars. But yeah, that's that's the. They haven't made this super public, and they probably should. Yeah. But now no, it I is. Agree. Cat's out of the bag now. I mean, Vice did the thing that they often do, which is some investigative journalism, and yeah. So, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a Joy-Con or your joysticks aren't working correctly anymore, send them in now, and because the repair should be free. Yeah. I should check if mine have this problem. That also require me to turn on my switch. Mm. I regret buying that thing in hindsight. Really? You aren't. Well, you, you aren't really using. Yeah, I was about to say you don't really. Oh, that's the thing about any other consoles. I I honestly don't know how often I'd use them. Yeah, I, it's. I, I things we talk about in my clan's Discord for uh, Destiny is. A shocking number of us are all like looking at Stadia going, man, it'd be real cool if this works, so I don't have to take my Switch when I travel for work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you've never, it's, we are not the intended demographic for the Switch. I am aware of this fact. Mm-hmm. Please don't email us about this, et cetera, et cetera. But I have not seen so many kind of like adults just like, man, I would love to not have to take this Nintendo product with me if I want a game on the road. Like it's I, I am insane with my travel PS4. That that's a sign of mental illness on my but like the Switch is thing that should you should feel comfortable traveling with. And the the fact that like a bunch of other people are in the same boat of me of Yeah, just kind of fuck this thing a little bit. I for those of you enjoying it as a retro kind of machine where a lot of indie games are coming to it, great. I already have most of those games. Yep. I had them two or three years ago with some frequency. They're great games. If you've never played them, fucking yeah. Mm-hmm. But I still just can't get over how like Mortal Kombat's good on it. How I I just think that the Joy Cons themselves are garbage. Oh no, the the controllers for that thing are fucking terrible. I the the fact that Nintendo is out there saying like we want to build the best controller ever, and my reaction is go rip off or the um yeah PS4 DualShock Four. Both of those are amazing controllers. Like, yeah. Hell, the day I think the best description of feeling like you're plunging your fingers into someone's skull was a Joy-Cons are. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, and I do see why it's designed the way it is. It's designed for kids, for young kids. That's why everything seems like it's it's doll-sized controllers. I mean, seriously, I'm. I am not a large person by any means. I am a very average-sized dude. I'm playing on one of those, and it makes me feel like I'm Andre the Giant trying to do anything. It's just tiny buttons and tiny joysticks. It's just everything's so tiny, but it also occurs to me, this isn't for me. This is obviously for younger kids. And if... and But I, I would... See, I would agree with that, except for the fact that, like, I would not trust a kid with a Switch. They're fragile. They're expensive. Yeah. I, but then again, like the, the, yeah. the Switch Lite is totally for a kid. Yeah. An actual Switch is a thing a kid can use, but 
I, I might argue the control the Joy Cons are potentially too big for a kid. Like they're in that kind of five foot five adult range of not small handed, but not like large handed and not like medium sized handed. Like it's yeah. I don't want to say you have baby hands at that point, but like yeah, it's like yeah, it's weird, but I get it, and then I don't. <laughs> like I, I know I seem all over the place on this, but it's like. I understand who I, I. It seems like I understand who it's for, but uh, I just don't like those controllers. I've had the. I'll play on a switch a few times now, just on other people's switches because I don't have my own, and it's just like I don't understand. I I just don't understand why. Why is? Uh, but the thing is, and this is something I I have liked about Nintendo is they are always up for experimenting and going places with. Their hardware that most people won't even dream of. That, that, Agreed on that one, one hundred percent. And but I the don't thing know. is, because of that, it is super hit and miss. It is super ultra hit and miss. You know, for every Nintendo DS, there's always there's also a Virtua Boy. Let let me throw down a potentially unintentionally, exceedingly controversial hot take on this. I don't think the Switch does anything the PS Vita didn't. Except connect to a TV. Yeah, I mean that's fair, but I think it's 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 the console at the right time as far as like internet usage and streaming and downloading of games. Whereas the Vita was too early, and Maybe. that's and that's I think that's literally the only reason why the Vita didn't explode and be super super you know in well, use. The Vita did great outside Here's of the, the US, but yeah, the the does the Vita have Smash Brothers on it? No, but it had a PlayStation All Stars, a significantly superior fighting game. Yep, but yeah, it's because it's actually a fighting game. But I do really feel like that's. <laughs> but the thing is, it's still yeah. Nintendo does the stuff that others don't necessarily or think would work. I mean, I remember when the Wii first came out, people looked at the controller and they. They did not like it. Every article I saw was like, "Look at this terrible controller. What is this thing?" And you know, I don't even know. And come and you come to in practice, wildly popular, excellent controller. In my, oh, opinion. I'd argue the Wii controller is still garbage. But I think I think it's an amazing controller for what it does and what it's trying to do. And it's the fact that it's has these you know pretty pretty solid motion controls and motion detection. I don't agree with that at all. That I think works that well considering that they are they have been proven stronger than most other hardware. That is, the amount of times that people chunk these suckers at walls on accident and they never broke. High quality. Really high yeah, quality. The, the, I mean, to have... Quality was high. They could destroy it. To have gravity, you know, gra you know uh, gravometers in it, and, you know, accelerometers in it, and to have them still work at all after people just chucking them into walls and on the floor and into their TVs tells me that they designed that sucker really well. I like it. I honestly was a I was a I was skeptical. I didn't think it was going to be bad, but I was like, huh. And I tried one. I was like, actually, this works in, in very impressively considering what it is and how strong and rugged it is. And yeah, see, you and I remember the Wii very differently. Like I. I remember from a console sold standpoint that thing was a success from yeah, a it sold like that... 10 times more than the PS4 and not e that's not even an that's not even an a yes. exaggeration 10 but times I, it, <laughs> I, 
got the impression actually the PS4 made more money over its lifetime because of game sales. Like the attachment rate for the Wii, and this thing I was like, this is what I always remember from the Wii was god awful. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people only had a handful of games for the Wii, but mm-hmm. that's was the purpose. It was, and it, that's why it sold so sold so well. That's why it made Nintendo so much money. No, and that's the thing. It made Nintendo a lot of money, but I also like it's. If you want to, if you want to point to kind of some of the ongoing issues between Nintendo and other companies at this point, you can link it right back to the Wii, where you had this weird gimmicky thing that worked great for Nintendo games, but also like, if you take a step back and look at the Wii catalog of games, I challenge you to name ten games that are exclusive to that thing that were better off being played on that device. Metroid Prime. Or that, that was better on the GameCube, dude. Um, and uh, No More Heroes. Uh, better on the PS2. I don't. I disagree with that. I definitely I, disagree I, with that. I don't like the controls for it. On, it the, there were up to two or three, depending on how you count No More Heroes 2. Um... See, I didn't. I don't really own a Wii, so I can't. I mean, no, no. I did. I've done this thought exercise before. Like, it's you're naming the correct ones. Like, No More Heroes is on that list. Reds, uh, No More, No More Heroes One and Two is on that list for sure. Bayonetta. Um, um, um Bayonetta's not better. Odin's not on the Wii. Odin's Fear. Odin's Fear and Muramasa Blade. Yeah, both of those on the Wii. Um, Muramasa Blade. Uh, Muramasa Blade is made by the same people, Vanillaware, who did Odin Sphere. It awesome game. Um, uh, uh, Okami, definitely way better on the Wii than any other uh, system. Did they add the Did they add the skip thing at the time for it? What the what thing? Did they add skipping at that point in time? I don't remember. I just because if it's not the version without if it's the version without skipping, it's still not better. But it's no, but it is. I mean, honestly, the Wii version is the best. The PC version is garbo. Well, there's garbage for that for a whole mess of reasons. But, yeah, I mean, I can, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I can name, you know, as, and uh, I was a big fan of the Wii casual games, like Wii Sports and stuff like that. I like those a lot, too. Um, Um, do know Muramasa Blade was a PlayStation Vita and a Wii U game, too, right? Yeah. But also, it was Wii. And it's just, yeah, and it's a beautiful game, too. And so it deserves to be on a larger screen. So that's another, you know, thing for it, you know, versus the Vita. It's, I mean, it's it's a beautiful game. I like VanillaWare as, as devs do some really beautiful artwork. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I can I can keep listing good games on the Wii. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying good games. I'm saying games that like are defendably the best version of themselves. So, like, you can make a list of good games, but like the actual games, you would argue were like benefiting from the Wii controllers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more of the you know casual games that you know people like to shit on, but I don't because I like casual games. I play a lot of casual games, and so yeah. For me, the yeah, the Wii was kind of the king of casual games, and a lot of them worked really well. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, and this is something I I all right. So, full disclosure here, 
I literally did, I've done studies, like research, paid research into, like, different types, like, natural control schemes, and how much easier it was for anybody, you know, to pick up and just play a Wii. Like, I can and hand a... We're not debating the success and the accessibility of the Wii. Yeah. My comment being that, like, it was good for Nintendo, and in a larger spectrum, how good was it for gaming? Like, it's... I think the attachment rate for that game is low, or that franchise is low. Like, it's the two Wii Sports games and a couple of... I think it's, like, almost as low as five games per console or something. Yeah. So, I mean, One it, of which it was, wasn't... It was... I mean, it wasn't like the DS, which we know that the DS and 3DS, I mean, it's, it's just... I've there's never I've never seen a console with with a high overall purchase rate attachment rate you know buying having usually a yeah. pretty large life notwithstanding but yeah, yeah I mean the Wii yeah I I mean I do agree that the Wii didn't most people did not buy as many games for it but as far as just getting gaming out there to a wider audience absolutely but. <laughs> Enough yeah. on that super side tangent, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Good God, comparatively, some of these numbers are ridiculous. <laughs> the Wii U had a higher attachment rate than the Wii. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Willing to invest in a Wii U and more games for it because the Wii was now established. Sales for the Wii U proved people were not willing to invest in that thing. Yeah, I mean, the sales, but I mean, as far as people buying more games for it, yeah. I mean, but it was a niche. It was a way niche thing. And I I don't. I for Bayonetta 2. I played Bayonetta 2. Unnecessary. Wholly unnecessary because it's basically just a poorer version of the Switch. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I would go so far as to argue that maybe the Wii U should have been the thing that came out instead of the Wii. That's a separate topic. Yeah, but mm, yeah. But there's. I think the con- I think conversations about that thing, if it had been the Wii and was like, "Hey, we have a light version that's just the Joy Cons." Those of you that want to play the sports games, that that'd be a very different console at this point in time. Yeah. That was a long side tangent, <laughs> though. Let's reel it back in with some more of our uh, less controversial stuff. Uh, <laughs> GT Online's casinos are restricted in some countries because gambling laws, and they are casinos despite being e-dollars. Except those e-dollars have real, have a hypothetical real-world conversion rate, courtesy of Shark Bucks. Yep. Yeah. The only thing is, though, can you trade? The, the, the shark buck stuff from one person to another in the game? In game? No. Like, yes. can you trade it to oh, other yes. players? To you other can players. totally send people money. Yeah. Ah, then yes, that becomes a big issue. Oh, yeah. Yes. I always thought you couldn't trade that money. No, no, you, you like, can't trade the shark bucks, but the shark bucks just become in game money. I mean, which means right, yeah. in game money has an in game, has an out of precedent. So, yep. I mean, the way that they are, it's actually game gambling. Whereas, like, all right, so in Japan, gambling laws. I don't know how familiar both of you are with Japan's gambling laws. I'm familiar with them from the pachinko parlor aspect of things, but maybe not. In a- I'm going to use I'm going to use pachinko parlors as you know as the example is, maybe as I've been to them. Like I lived in Japan for several years, and so 
you don't win money directly at any of the machines, whether it's the slots machines, the pachinko machines. You just don't. Like with the pachinko machines, what you what you win directly out of the machine is a bunch of, well, pachinko balls, you know, pachinko ball bearings, the same that run through the machine. They just collect in a big, big, in a big tub below it. And what you do is you take that, you trade it out at the desk for gifts, like some plush toys or some knickknacks, just stuff you're... Red coin. Yeah, and then you take that to another place that's separate from the pachinko like place. Like down the street. Yeah, not necessarily down the street, but yeah, usually right beside it often. And then you trade that in for money. And so you're not totally are. It's just an end around. It's gambling. It's totally gambling. It just gets around it by technicality. Oh, yeah. But it's this the, just this pawn shop really likes red coins. Yeah. And so that's basically what. But GTA Online Casino is not being allowed to do that. This that sort of same end around. Countries are rightly calling them on that. Uh huh. Because there is some real world money floating around in there stuff you yeah it's yeah like i said it's 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 an attempt to do the similar pachinko patchy slot sort of end around well it's not even that like it's more the fact that if like it's kind of like wow gold farm yeah there there was the capability to convert gold into real world numbers was like it wasn't established by the company but there was an online market for gold yeah in this case, yeah. though, it's like what it's like. I think it's a million in-game currency or a million GTA bucks equals like thirty bucks or something. Cause that's what the shark cards do for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that you've you've now established a very kind of mathematically driven conversion ratio. Meaning, if you want to sell money in the game, you can be like, "Hey, I'm selling GTA cash for five bucks less than that." And some of the casinos where you can win big because casinos become a way to generate in-game funds that can then be transferred into out-of-game funds. Like, if your reaction is, oh, it's GTA Online, boohoo, whatever, it's an old-ass game, GTA Online still frequently, or GTA because of GTA Online, is perpetually in the European sales charts hand over fist perpetually. Yep. Yep. Like, all this free-ass content they keep making for the game isn't because Grand Theft Auto's developers are like, yeah, people love this game. It's like, holy shit, we're making a lot of money off this game still. Yep. Yeah. But it is, uh, but I I think this is, there again, we've talked about legislation quite a bit, and this is an example I'd say of good, you know, good government intervention, you know, actually having, you know, nuanced common sense, you know, looks you know deep dives into the you know what yeah. you know what is this thing let's you know instead of fear-mongering about it or you know making some heavy-handed response let's deal with this in the way that we deal with normal gambling or that we we would or in the way that we would investigate anything that we might think is gambling and yeah i i like it it's i mean this is good i mean that's the thing it's like yes it should fall video game world Needs to fall under the same laws that everybody else has to follow. Well, so let's use that as, as a transition point because, kind of, in the opposite of what we've just been talking about for a couple minutes, the uh, 
the UK gambling again uh, gaming commission. No, no, is is gambling commission? Yeah, has kind of gotten out there and clarified its stance on okaying FIFA's loot box card mechanics stuff. And the argument they make is that the cards don't have a real world value, which I get, except that's not true at all. It's maybe not an official one, courtesy of in-game, but I'm assuming you can trade these cards to other people, right? Yeah. There's totally a market around these cards. You could so I mean, they they could trade it, but the you know the terms of the trade are you give me this much on PayPal. Yeah. But I'm not sure. There again, I think. They're trying to. I think the UK Gambling Commission is trying to make a nuanced look at this. They aren't just either way saying this is straight up. They didn't give it a. So. They didn't just okay it the second it came across their desk. Yeah, I stance on this. I don't like it, but like the logic is there. Like the, the argument of intrinsically, there is no way of converting these cards back into cash, ergo not gambling is a stance I get and don't actively disagree with. The uh-huh. issue is that my that, that, that about this shit that, that I know if you can trade these cards like I I've, I've seen a bizarre number of things lately for Destiny like like curated runs and stuff like that like people doing kind of scummy shit for money to get certain and my general reaction mm-hmm. is fine whatever but you it, like if you believe that there's no way of, con- of giving a value to these cards in a out of it, the, the PayPal thing you just mentioned, or that, like, there's not some centralized trade account for something that you go yeah. to a website and go, like, hey, yeah. I want to sell these cards, I send them to this account, and I receive the cash on delivery kind of thing. You're just lying to yourself. Yeah, but yeah, but I do like the fact that they didn't do a heavy-handed ruling on it, because, for instance, you can trade monsters in Pokemon in most of the games. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I think that you shouldn't, that we you should... Can't buy, you can't buy packs of Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that is the difference, but I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, that, that that's the minus the gambling aspect, but the thing is, yeah. there's a whole lot of RNG, depending on whether or not you get certain monsters, so I mean, that's the thing, there is the variance in that, in that you never know what you're going to get, every, uh, every playthrough of Pokemon is going to be a little bit different, because you can't control what monsters you're going to see, or if some monsters will appear at all during your gameplay, and so, yeah, there's the same system exists there that could definitely be taken advantage of that some people are just going to have rare monsters that other people have never come across and it's like well you know maybe give me some money on paypal and then i'll give it to you but i don't believe that that i makes- just love the mental image of some guy out there running a website where it's like yo you want gyaradoses i got gyaradoses you uh, give me I, I give you you give me money send me a ratata and i send you back a gyarados motherfucker yeah, you want shinies? I got shinies. Yeah, and there again, there again, shinies are even more rare, and because it is random, and it is there is a scarcity, and so it ends up being a similar thing. I mean, your playthrough of Pokemon is very much like a loot box. You didn't pay for it. That is, I, and that's the different thing because you can pay. Uh, you have to pay I, for these loot boxes, and so that's why this is still different than the Pokemon thing I was alluding to. No, no, that, you don't, you don't like, buy. It's the... You don't buy. You don't have to buy a loot box to get a Pokemon. It's just it's highly dependent on your playthrough. It just. Well, no, I think kind of you're making the argument a lot of people make, but not really kind of fully getting the ramifications. I think you do, but using it as an example, 
Like just because like random mechanics are a part does not mean. But in this case, you have to. You aspects... have, but you don't buy Pokemon, and that's the big difference here. You don't. You yeah, know, so... I don't have to. I don't have to. It's not a DLC yet, uh, where you have to you know buy a loot box and then you have a chance of getting certain Pokemon. They just don't do that. Um, Who's they in don't, that they loot don't, box? Pikachu. They don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they don't. That would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, they they realize that. Yeah, yeah, they realize they don't have to do that to make money hand over Professor Pokemon. But yeah, you can actually buy these loot boxes for FIFA, which is why the Gambling Commission is investigating FIFA and the FIFA games instead of investigating Pokemon because it is different. There is a difference Pokemon here. Pokemon for exposing children to dog fighting. Yeah. That's a separate topic. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the fact that you have to buy these loot boxes. But yeah, I. I think it's a nuanced decision, and it's not an across-the-board decision. It's a decision about FIFA's loot boxes. And so they're there again. I think they're going to take this on a case-by-case basis, which makes more sense than just one rule to rule them all, because as we've seen, there's nuance here. There's a lot of differences here. So, yeah. No. I don't know how I feel about this one, and I'm not sure I'll ever fully know how I feel about this one. Yeah. Until, like, the rules are hard and fast, because on one hand, I'm like, eh, loot boxes aren't the problem, it's predatory game mechanics, and parents don't know what the fuck their kids are playing, and yep. personal responsibility, but also, like, yeah, predatory game mechanics and yeah. shitty roles are also definitely part of the problem, but also it's a, like, oh, we're going after FIFA. Can you address the lousy number of mobile games that have problems? No, we're going after FIFA. I don't like EA, but feel you should go after mobile games first still, but eh, what the fuck do I know? Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think we'll see more diving into the mobile games. I I, I, I think that's definitely going to start happening more and more. But, yeah. Yeah. I guess kind of while we're on the same topic of uh, not real economies, confused as real economies, Let's talk about a game that I'm not sure we've ever talked about in this podcast for more than 30 seconds. We're going to talk about Team Fortress 2's bizarre exploit glitch. What's the correct phrase for this? It's it's a bug. I mean, it's a bug. Okay. Yeah. That's cause that that's just destroying the Steam market for TF2 stuff. Why does this matter? Well, because there is totally a gray market based around steam and steam cosmetic items for very popular games and let's all get this out of the way right now uh who's played team fortress 2 in the last three years uh i have actually fair enough i have not i mean and i but i did used to play it a lot i played it a bunch but yeah yeah, not anymore in a while oh no i was just about the end like i'm not saying it's a bad game just saying it's it's surprising that we're talking about team fortress oh absolutely absolutely yeah, I but yeah, apparently a bug is causing a hundred percent drop rate for rare loot. Yeah, and that's that's economy breaking, at least this micro economy for Team Fortress Two because stuff sells for quite a bit of money. I mean, some of the yeah. rare items are you know twenty, thirty, forty bucks more, more. That's calling it cheap too. Like those are the cheap side yeah. ones. Yeah. The uh the I forget what they're called the air the earbuds from when uh, Steam came to the Mac OS mm-hmm. still go for a couple hundred bucks yes if not more yeah last I heard it was a couple hundred bucks for what the Steam it, uh, 
But yeah, you're well, you're not gonna be able to see it now because all the prices have just gone nuts because of all the price fluctuations and being able to pick up, yeah, rare stuff. I mean and there's a weird there's a weird way to get things alright, so one thing you'll find a lot of, and this is even happening when I still played the game, is people make a will make a server and the way it would work is if and you would and run a script basically that would make sure that your character is still moving around slightly or at least it's receiving inputs. But you'll just if you log into that server and actually look at it, you'll just see a bunch of characters or a bunch of yeah, a bunch of characters, avatars just standing around and barely moving a little bit, like in a in a single room. And because basically that's putting in hours into the game is how you unlock a lot, you know, unlock a lot of the items, at least on unlocking them for free versus actually buying some of their loot crates. And yeah, and that's, I, I've used that just because I was interested in getting certain items, not for the purposes of selling them even, but yeah. So, I mean, there's a weird market around that. And, a, and like I said, there's already back in the day tools for sort of not having to play the game and still getting the valuable stuff, or at least getting a chance at getting the valuable stuff. But yeah, that's kind of, yeah, I, I, I can't believe that there's, I, you know, before I saw this article, I was like, I was unaware that there's still an ongoing market for this stuff in Team Fortress 2. Yeah. But yeah, that just shows. It's popular enough that, it's popular enough that a couple webcomics that do content on them mm. were like, like making jokes about blowing off the dust. We're making TF2 jokes again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is a weird gray area. Yeah. It's, it's odd. Well, but it's... yeah, that shows how, how kind of fragile these sort of digital ecosystems can be. Yeah. Very fragile as it, as it and stands. Also a commentary on the, like, if you're looking at those legendaries you have in Steam being like, I will retire someday off this, don't. Yeah. Or like, get rich quick, sucker, and then get the hell out. But Yeah. But let's move from one dead game to another. Uh, Mythic World first um, uh, update on this shit. <laughs> so Method finally got a shard down an hour before the podcast recording started. Mm. Cool. So this was hot off the press, if you will. Uh, so yeah, looks like Method got it down, and believe it or not, their composition for that was actually pretty fucking crazy, because they only used two healers, mm, <laughs> as opposed to the standard composition of four or five. So they ran two healers, two tanks, and then the rest all DPS. So, yeah, uh, shoutouts to them, they did it. Their composition was a little bit interesting, but yeah, they got it done. So kudos to, uh, Mythic on getting the world first. <laughs> that was my update on that one. I just wanted to share that because I've been following the race. Oh, we've been talking about it for several weeks either. Hence why I yep. didn't go like, no. <laughs> so, yep, it is done. And um, I didn't check and see if there were any... Uh, if there were any... Um, no one's contesting it? No, no, not, not so much contesting it, but if there was any, like... Uh, special cinematic or secret phase that people were considering happening because um, Ragnaros back in Cataclysm 
when you did it on normal, you I got whatever thirty percentage or whatever he would die, and that was it. He'd go back underground or something. But mm-hmm. in, there was a secret phase that you had to knock him into, and once he did that, instead of being stuck coming out of the ground from a thing of fire, he grew legs and walked out and chased after people. Mm. Huh. Mm. Yeah. So it's actually really cool to watch if you've never seen. It's a. Uh, I guess there. I don't know if there was any secret phase, but so it's over. It's done. Yep. I love you. Keeping in that same theme of things, Alex, would you like to officially announce what the headliner for Evo two? It looks like we have a new headliner this year. We do. So for the longest time, it has not. It has always been. You know, Street Fighter was the official Sunday headliner. That's been it. Except it's been dethroned. The new headliner or the new lineup for the tournament finals are uh, 10 a.m. You have Undernight in Birth. Uh, at 1 p.m. You have Dragon Ball Fighter Z. 4 p.m. Uh, you have Samurai Showdown, and then 8 p.m. Yeah. is Mortal Kombat 11 on Saturday. I am so excited that they have made it so my old man ass can actually get to bed at a reasonable time now and That's still enjoy all of Evo. I enjoy. That's the meme that's running around right now for it. But yeah, it looks like for Sunday at 9 a.m. they have Blaze Brew Cross Tag Battle. Mm. At 12 p.m. you have Street Fighter V Arcade Edition. Uh, at 3.30 p.m. Tekken 7. And then at 7 p.m. Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah, yep. I, I, I have to wake up early on Saturday to watch Undernight because I want to know what the fuck that game is. But I get to go to bed at 8 p.m. or stop caring about Evo at 8 p.m. on Saturday, and on Sunday, I don't have to be caring about Evo till noon, and I get to stop caring about Evo at 7. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's been the big running meme on all that right now. Oh, I'm uh, so... But, yeah, it's it's interesting. It, it finally took a couple years to Smash Brothers, the real fighting game, for real purists of fighting it games. It just took them getting rid of Melee, a yep. game that should yeah. never have been an Evo this long. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So, Smash Brothers is now your new headliner for Sunday. Is it, though? It is. It's Sunday. It's officially a headliner. I want to know what the viewership numbers are like for it. Well, the viewership numbers for them were stupid. I think Dragon Ball Fighter Z broke the numbers last year. Yes, and it's at 1 p.m. now on a Saturday. Yeah. Like, that's not a good slot for a game that was the big deal last year. Yeah. And then you have Mortal Kombat 11, which I really love watching. I can't stand watching Mortal Kombat or Injustice games. So yeah, I don't like yeah. I don't like I don't like those mechanics. I don't like the way the games look. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of either of those franchises. Don't at me. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, Saturday is Sonic Fox Day because he's gonna come in there. He's probably gonna win Fighter Z. Wouldn't surprise me. And he'll probably take Mortal Kombat eleven. But will he win Samurai Showdown, the truest fighting game? At all of Evo this year. Samurai Showdown. Sam Show. I have to say that I've liked what I've seen of that game. It seems to play a lot like the others. Liberate. It's also, uh, they're calling it Genjuro Showdown because there's so many Genjuro mains. Sure, yeah. It's not, alright, so that's not a franchise known for balance among the characters. Yeah, like, maybe we should call Dragon Ball Fighter Z's finals the Cell Games by that measure. Oh, well, yeah, no, 100%. Although he's not even in the meta anymore. I think Fair. it's like Goku GT and Bardock is still That sense makes me angry. Yep. yep. 
Go, Goku and other Goku for other for people who are. Hey, aware. it's Goku, Daddy Goku, and non-canon Goku. Yeah, <laughs> get your Goku's yeah. correct. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but you know, I I do recognize how hard it is to balance. But I mean, some of these games are hilariously unbalanced among the characters. Well, yeah, Smash is in there. Yeah, oh God, Smash is probably one of the worst. I mean. Y- it's it's cool that they have one of the largest rosters often for a lot of video games. I mean, just I want to see some hot game and watch strats. Just saying, <laughs> yeah. If no one's running game and watch, why even bother watching the tournament? Like, just yeah. cancel Evo at that point. Yep. It's just yeah, that's the thing. It's and it, for me, it makes it a little less. It makes it less fun because the thing is, I am a type of person who likes character play characters because I just like the character and I like the play style. I don't mm. I don't like to have to worry about tier. I mean, I right, I cool cool cool, but but what if your play style was winning? Yeah. I I mean, but I mean, I get that. I used to be tournament level at King of Fighters uh, at one point some time ago now. <laughs> and and so back when it was just King of Fighters and not more numbers. Yeah. Um <laughs> well, well, it was King joke, of Fighters okay. and then a year you know, whatever year it came out. And, yeah, and, but, I mean, that's the thing, there were definitely tiers in that game, and I generally tended to play the characters that were top tier in that if I wanted to be tournament ready, but it just so happens that the characters that are top tier also happen to be characters I found fun to play. I t- Why you gotta be a tier whore, Henry? Yeah, I mean, I played Athena a lot, because she's almost always, she's fun to play, she's a great troll, and she's high tier. I I played uh, Leona a lot. Same thing. Usually very high tier in any of the games she appears in. Um, so I mean that's but it just so Henry is a Bayonetta main confirmed. Yeah, yeah. It's just Bayonetta main confirmed. Well, and for Smash, I mean, all right. So I I like Isabel already just because she's just hilarious. Man, I was making a joke, but he's just proving me right right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm just. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like, yeah, Isabel. I like Mister Game and Watch. Totally unironically, I love. I just think he's hilarious. Oh, he's to back. Play. He's walking it back now. Some. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I like I like these characters. Um, I haven't had a chance to play as Bayonetta, but I think I'd find that fun too. To be honest, she's a little bit broken. Still, is the impression I've oh, gotten. Oh, okay. But... So she's she she's like top tier. Okay. Um, the meta for what was it? Smash Four was Bayonetta versus everyone, ultimately. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Bayonetta, Bayonetta was... and Cloud versus everyone? Uh, yeah, I could see that. I mean, you did have the weird one-offs, like, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, who, was it Jigglypuff was still kind of a thing? No, yeah. she wasn't for that one. No, that was... For Smash 4? In really? Melee, she was. In Smash 4, she um, was not. They made okay. sleep less predictable. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I remember her seeing a lot of Bayonetta. Well, so uh, we're talking about Evo, and it's Evo next weekend or in a couple more weeks? Next weekend, yeah. yeah. All right, so, so let's get our Evo predictions in right now. Um, do you think the Smash Ultimate Finals will redeem us versus last year, or are we going to have that same bullshit from last year show up? I really hope they don't, because if they do that, I hope they just fucking start Band posing Smash. everybody off. All right. Yeah. So what what happened? I guess I'm not. I don't really know. So, so last year, uh, 
Was it ultimate or was it melee? It was ultimate. You you gotta walk this one back a little bit further too. So okay. I I I play it up some for this podcast and also just to piss off Smash fans. But <laughs> I, I I am representative of a larger community in the fighting game fan base that does not think Smash should be at Evo. Period. And yeah, the, the counter against this is like there is top tier play. Like it can be done that way. And a lot of our arguments are that. At its core, Smash is a party game, not a fighting game kind of thing. And all we just want to hear is the Smash community kind of say that. And for many years, there's been this, like, it, the tournaments have been good and stuff like that. But so then, last year, Smash 4's finals was a Bayonetta player versus a Bayonetta player. And it was just embarrassing for the Smash community to the point where, like, Someone committed suicide at one point in part of the game to reset the bracket so they could have like friendly matches. It was the least competitive Evo Finals <laughs> you have ever seen, kind of thing, to the point where assholes like me that just don't want to hear about Smash ever when it comes to fighting games, they're going like, you sure you're a fighting game, not a party game? Yeah. No, 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 we're totally competitive. I saw the finals last year. Are you... Yeah, it was really shitty because, like, at one point they were just playing neutral. Yeah, they weren't really doing anything. So much to the point that somebody from the actual like venue had to pop in and be like, "Hey, you guys need to play, or we're kicking you." Like, yeah, off. really? Because <laughs> they weren't playing; they were just sitting there fucking around. The, it's the like playing footsies. So in... not, not even, even. like just standing there, not doing anything. Wow. Like yeah, th- it this was total crock shit. It's <laughs> something that's supposed to be kind of the finals for fighting games. Like this was so bad. There's a real conversation that could have been had about okay, do we just ban Smash for a year completely? Yeah. Like, do we? Okay. Yeah, I I get I super understand that. I mean, there again, I am not a Smash fan. I don't like the series. I've played them. I just I still don't like it. I'm still holding to that. It was this kind of awkward moment where everything the Smash community says isn't true. Just kind of <laughs> took center stage and was like, "Yeah, maybe the haters are right about us." For like, if it hadn't been the finals either, like it was, like in a community that has problems with money matches and match fixing and stuff like that, mm. this was a worst nightmare scenario of. Oh, shit. Well, it's like, you know what's worse than, like, bad news? Boring. This was somehow both. Like, this was yeah. bad news about how boring the Smash Finals were. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, way to hit that double whammy of the worst, of being just the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was that was that. So we'll see if it actually does yeah, like let's. Uh, I assume they take precautions against that. You have to at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, j- jokes aside, kind of thing. Like, uh, what do you think the hypest of Evo is going to be this year? Um, you know, I don't know, man. Like, I think it's Undernight in Birth. I, I, I've heard so many yes. weird things about that game. Yep. I think that or Samurai Showdown. Oh, I think Samurai Showdown is going to have some exciting matches because it's such a a a counter hit style of play 
It's, yes. It has a different pacing than most fighting games, a way different pacing. Yeah. Because it still play has a lot of the similar strategy feel as the previous games, in that it's not just fast action, how many combos can I cancel into and link into, can I... It is a lot of waiting for the good openings and counterattacking on a good opening. and But yeah, it's just... The pacing of the game is... So, and... You know, good hits, like a good hit, is more about the timing than about the length of the combo. Because you do way more damage if you've timed it right and you're hitting at the right time. Yeah, like any sort of a, any sort of a, a, yeah, interruption or a counterattack does way more damage. And so you you can see somebody do not, they're kind of struggling or long in a match, and they get one good hard small combo in like a two hit combo and it just does so much damage because it was just done at such the right time and it instantly brings them back into the match and that's something you'll see with samurai showdown i think i think it produces some potential of producing some really exciting matches i don't know enough uh, i don't know enough about undernight in birth to say anything about it based off what i see on the list here um i think saturday's game saturday will be better hyped Oh yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I mean, I will say there was some pretty good hype stuff last year with Tekken Seven, mm. uh, especially no, with the US. I, I was actually about to say, I think I, I, I think you were the end of. I, I know this will sound anti Smash. I, I think the general hype around Evo might die at Tekken. Like, I think it's a real smart move having Tekken and Smash next to each other mm. because then you might get people like me to watch Smash, where it's like, no, no, I've actively avoided this in the past. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I think Fighter Z will be pretty hype. Um, Showdown will be hype. Mortal Kombat 11 for me will be hype. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything about Blaze Blue. Blaze Blue. Don't care. It's for the weebs. Uh, uh, Street Fighter 5. I will watch that. I do enjoy watching some. I don't know Fighter. if I'm gonna watch that even this. No, I won't because it'll be during the podcast. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting sick. I won't be here next week. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> that old Ryu flu, huh? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, dragon uppercut throat. Yeah. yeah. I have a scratchy dragon uppercut throat. Yes. Some flash um, kick yeah. fever. <laughs> flash kick fever sounds like a cool song. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I'll. I might watch Smash Brothers just to see what it looks like now. But to be honest with you, like Sunday is not as hype for me as Saturday. I yeah. Watch way more. Dragon Ball Showdown and Mortal Kombat, and I will check in Street Fighter Five and Smash. Like I said, I'm really curious to see what the numbers are like this year because mm. I could imagine it's like holy shit, we broke records, or man, people were really into Tekken and then people just left. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna be. I, I I think that's the more likely of the two. But what the fuck do I know? I just don't like <laughs> Smash. That's the issue. I don't dislike the game. I just don't like the competitive scene around it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I neither like the game enough to watch it. So we we we've derailed some uh, predictions uh, about Evo. Anyone want to make? Do we get like? Do they announce Street Fighter Six as part of this? No. Um. Maybe new characters. I would assume Smash DLC mm. will get announced. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a high chance of happening because 
Spawn announced at Mortal Kombat 11. That would make a lot of sense, actually. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z stuff, I don't know what they'll announce. Mm. If they do announce anything. Killer Instinct makes a comeback at at, at, at Evo. Yep. Ah. Yep. Well, I can only dream. Yeah, that that's my that's my assumption. Yeah. Moving away from that, uh, Microsoft has invested one billion into OpenAI. What does this mean for gaming? Well, not a whole lot directly. It just means that Microsoft, the company behind the Xbox, is doing stuff that will, in theory, grow the Xbox brand, increase kind of processing power, and hypothetically make gaming better in the long run. You may know OpenAI as that thing that people keep training to play Quake 2 and Dota. Or, sorry, Quake 3 and Dota, which is a yeah. terrible idea, but... <laughs> but yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, and they are... Alright, so the main... When it first started, OpenAI was a non-profit reform, but they actually created a for-profit arm because they need more money for research and so they're like all right so we can also make money on this too i guess we want our main research to be non-profit but also let's also get more money to research and that's 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 what this is a part of so it's a, it's it's a very strategic partnership i mean and unsurprising but that's a lot of money one billion's a lot of money to invest in anything and so i think this is a sign that microsoft is looking to stretch their horizons again that is you know break into other types of markets and stuff you know that is it's because they, they they've had a sort of a massive expansion and then they then they stopped expanding the scope of what they cover for a while that is both they were more focused on their products that they on the their primary products but i think this may be a sign that they're also looking to i don't know I mean, AI, AI research has so many different uses and so many different types of things. So, very smart investments, and especially probably, I mean, one billion is a lot, but it's probably cheap considering what OpenAI will have to earn. So, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I've, I, yeah, as an AI person, I find that. It, but also very unsurprising, but the but well, unsurprised by everything except the sum of money because that's a lot of money. That's just a lot of money to to, to put into anything. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what comes out of this. If I mean, if anything directly comes out of it, rather than we just see indirect ripples on a lot of other Microsoft's products. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop teaching AIs to play Quake. <laughs> I'm starting a not-for-profit that's to stop, that goes around telling people to stop letting AIs play Quake. <laughs> they can play all the fucking Dota they want, but that has guns. <laughs> Adjacent for my comfort. Uh, <laughs> shooter news, we have uh, The Division 2 has a big, their, their first kind of big post-launch DLC. It's Expansion 1, I believe, is how it's being pitched. Got it all, Alex? Check which one thing out? Exactly. They have the new uh, Division content. Dude, I, I stopped following the Division 2 after a while. Now. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. 
hate to be the very bad news on that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I obviously haven't because Destiny, but uh, the zoo is upon us. You can go to the zoo. There's been some cool screenshots that came out of it. Uh, it's definitely more of the division. I was hoping Alex had some thoughts on this because I sure as fuck don't. I'm not sure Henry does either. Uh, the 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 general consensus on the internet seems to be the tone of the zoo is a little confusing, and by that I mean you're this. The, the cosmetics for this area are going a little bit off the rails. The, the the game's kind of hardened war veteran thing is being ruined by. Uh, beach hats and Tommy Bahama shirts, <laughs> yeah. which might be up Alex's alley, but I'd be down with something. Yeah, I do like some of the visuals I'm seeing with it, honestly. But yeah. I can see how they could see it seem feel kind of incongruent, incongruous. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, uh, but I mean, the other thing that I saw about this is apparently it's just a bit of a weird jumble as to how and what. What parts of the updates are free and not free, and when they'll be free yes. and when they'll be released? So it's kind of a, it's it's kind of a confusing mix of something is going to be free, but that'll be later. But it some parts of that might still not be free. But it just it's it sounds like a very <laughs> it sounds like ten different people decided to announce ten different updates at the same time. It's kind of, and that's the problem. Yeah. The Division has always had that problem. Like it's, it's just a dark reality. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, the summer solstice is coming for us, or the solstice of heroes, if you will. Uh, what is this? Well, it's it's your summer destiny, destiny event there. You get fancy armor. Why is this important? Well, uh, last year's uh, summer of uh, summer solstice, solstice of heroes, I keep wanting to call it that, uh, had armor in it that was real cool and real grindable and really a big part of the event. That the moment the September update came was completely invalidated. <laughs> Good move there, but uh, so. Uh, Bungie has gotten out there ahead of time for this time around. Will be compatible with Armor 2.0, which is coming as part of Shadowkeep, which is real cool. It comes with a new zone called the European Aerial Zone, which who the fuck knows what that is? Neat. I of course will be playing this. I there have been rumors it will be a preview for whatever the fuck the armor for Armor 2.0 system will actually be. Uh, the yeah. armor for it in general is pretty fucking backing. Like mm -hmm. I. I wish I was still playing a Titan as much as I used to, because, man, that's a good-looking Titan. It's a good-looking Titan helmet. Yeah. I, I may have to swap to a Titan for a little while just to get that helmet. It's real nice-looking. Huh. Oh, that does look really nice. It's real nice. It's all gold. and Yeah. I'm... And that's why I believe that loot shooters are just dudes. Uh, yes, but <laughs> Destiny is not, because... You are forced to perpetually pick what gear, or what stats you want over what you want to look like, which is what Armor 2.0 is fixing. Like, they got out there and said, like, the, 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 in Dark Souls, there's a concept called Fashion Souls, which is <laughs> after a certain point, the gear you're wearing doesn't matter as much as how you look. Yeah. We'd love to see more of that in Destiny, as the fan base would say. Yeah. yeah. So, because we want our digital dollies and we want them now. And 
I am all I for that. I just want my hunter to be the edge lordiest motherfucker possible. Like, yeah. that's, that's all I want for her. And I want my titan to just be like, got back from murdering so many people. And fuck warlocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but haters. Yeah. I uh learn to jump, I meant. <laughs> Who needs to jump when you can float? Yeah. Yeah, that that vertical upwards thing we have going on. That's something you really don't want out of warlock. But sounds terrible. <laughs> but yeah, I I think yeah, the it sounds like yeah, you know, just lean into being a doll simulator because that's that's really what people want. That's they won't oh, they yeah. won't admit it in the terms that I'll admit it in. Like, oh, I, I'm totally totally guilty of doing this least, in in loot someone shooters. Someone who owns at least two big Destiny um action figures. No, I'd, I'd totally be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and you know, as a person who for the MMOs that I've played and for practically anything where I can customize an avatar, yeah, yeah, just lean into it. So we'll be yeah. With Shadow Keep and that free to play stuff happens if you get a new graphics card. Oh yeah, get together when September happens. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I. I mean, I have the game. I mean, I like I said, I had already made it free. You mean we could have a full year. fire team again? <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. As soon as I get yeah, when I get that video card, maybe yeah. I should start streaming for video card bucks. <laughs> that's how it works. Good. <laughs> Please help me buy a new video card so I can stop playing these shitty old games. <laughs> no, I don't. You phrased see... it. Oh, go ahead. You phrased it that way. You get an interesting mix of people like they're not shitty. You just don't understand. And like, yeah, these are shitty. Take my money. <laughs> I'm well. That's the thing. It's like I've definitely like I've you know, and as you've heard from my, I, I definitely am not afraid to call out or criticize a game if I didn't enjoy it, if it was a cheap game, yeah. but also maybe it wasn't worth that cheap amount of money I spent for it. But yeah. I'd be quick to praise a game that I had a lot of fun in. So. But, yep. Yeah. Buy me a video card. <laughs> what are your goals for this campaign? Which To acquire a uh, graphics card. What else? That's it. That's it. What are your stretch goals? I'm going to buy two graphics cards or one really expensive one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Just get one expensive one. It's almost not even worth it to do like SLI. Oh, yeah. I mean, not on my system. It would be worth zero to do it on. Yeah. Yeah. The fact is, I don't have a TV that lays. I mean, that's the thing. My monitor doesn't even do 4K. It's 1080p at best. So, I mean. I... <laughs> I don't need yeah. a better video card. It would literally do nothing for me. Or, I mean, that that much video card would do nothing for me. Yeah. Hmm. That does it for news. We're ending on a weird note. Yeah. We have no emails this week, but if you wanted to contact us, Henry. That would be wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that again, Alex? Wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Want to sniffle some more? I don't know. I think I'm getting a cold or something. Yes, All we right. can. Well, we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spells it sounds down the show notes, etc., etc. Send us remedies for Alex to try in his upcoming cold.
The more of them that might cause him to hallucinate crazily next week, the better. <laughs> I swear this is not related to me wanting to watch Evo next week. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> trying to establish it right now. <laughs> In audio recorded proof. Yeah. Man, I got this Evo flu. I mean, totally a normal flu. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> God, my throat is so scratchy. Only a heavy dose of Ryu will fix it. <laughs> yes. You mean Ryu? Shut the fuck up. Ah, what does for this week's podcast? Uh, except for Alex's upcoming bed rest and skipping next week for to watch Evo with us, uh, some flimsy excuse about Shadow Realms and being sick or family being in town or whatever, <laughs> man. And we got anything we want to talk about before we get the hell out of here? Um, uh, streaming's on hold because this new raid is pretty intensive for my CPU, so it's starting to lag out when I mm. get into the later fights. But I am currently in the process of building a new system with those new processors. So hopefully when that's done, I'll be able to stream again. But for the time being, that's still important. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm currently trying to work out sort of a schedule, schedule out my streaming and social media stuff so that I'll actually have content. But yeah, if you want to follow me as I get that started in earnest, I am Kraken Zero, that's C-E-R-0, and I am Nomad Har, Nomad H-A-R, on Twitch. So, that's me. Okay. Cool. <laughs> that won't be as funny when I edit it down, because it'll get shortened to one second, but I may yeah. try to leave that in. <laughs> Anyways. Um... Yeah, who wants to take us out this week? Hey, Sniffles, do you want to do it? Cue the metal. Metal. <laughs>